0: Hello and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. If you would like to check out my resources to get some help on your recovery journey following a relationship with a cluster B disordered individual, go to NARC Troopers and you're going to find a whole lot of goodies there. So today's topic is limerence and loneliness after the narcopath the pitfalls that can sabotage recovery. Limerence is the state of being infatuated or obsessed with another person, typically experienced involuntarily and characterized by a strong desire for reciprocation of one's feelings. Loneliness is the feeling that we get when our need for rewarding social contact and relationships are not met. You're going to encounter both of these on your road to recovery, following a relationship with a cluster B diagnosed person who's a narcissist has antisocial personality disorder or is a sociopath, or maybe a psychopath or even borderline. So you've got to be prepared for that. Let's talk about the limerence. First, the reason that you may experience Limerence with people you encounter in recovery is that you now possess the mind and soul of an addict. And it is to be expected that you will seek a replacement dopamine hit that will satiate your need to regulate your emotions. In the shared fantasy with your cluster B partner, the intermittent abuse, um, it conditioned you to expect a reward for taking the abuse and that reward was such a relief that it flooded flooded your body with chemicals that made you euphoric. This heady infatuation is similar to the feeling the narcissist has as they enjoy the ac- excitement of the chase and the conquests that provide fresh fuel after settling for your stale supply for so long at least After devaluation begins, Um, they are overcome with a rush of chemicals that amplify their delight. Um, You know, the delight that they have in their infatuation with your replacement. It's temporary and it's not even real. Think, you know, sixth grade crush kind of stuff. Uh, You know, it's all about how that person makes them feel, nothing more. It is common for the narcissist and their codependent partner to both require external validation, neither knowing how to provide it for themselves. They just do it in a different way, but the mechanism is the same for both. It's a mistake that will delay healing when the discarded partner seeks the thrill in the arms of a new source of soothing. It is important to spend adequate time alone in order to process what has happened and do the hard work of recovery and thereby achieving sobriety from the drug that was the narcissist. You have been self-medicating with a disordered individual who is ill-equipped to be anything more than a petulant child with a predatory hunger for adoration, attention, affection, and assimilation as you desperately stumble about and fall into a pseudo relationship with a new narcissist worse than the one before maybe this time you recognize the undeniable red flags and you know exactly what you are signing up for um, just to get that fix it's an exhilarating experience for five minutes Until the cold comfort of the neurochemical hit, that dopamine, it wears off and it leaves you humiliated, degraded, and more hollow than before. Neurotypical nice guys bore you to tears and you would rather chew off an arm to escape rather than face an extended time with someone so achingly deficient in every way imaginable. You want the cold, hard slap, the challenge, the degradation, the wounding words. You miss the rough touch, the sweet death, the ambient abuse. You have been ruined for all others, or so it may seem. You were always ruined, though. You just needed someone to play the part that you had been training for since childhood. You know, but I think that you are defiant, hopefully maybe desperate but definitely determined and you believe that there is a small chance that you can overcome a toxic script and faulty programming and you actually can overcome it and become whole and healthy in true true life in reality it's just so much work and you are tired and you're empty and you're sad sometimes it's even too hard to just keep breathing You decide to climb Mount Everest another day as you swipe through online dating profiles and lust after that cashier at the local Safeway. What is called for next is radical candor with yourself and a hard look at the things that made you vulnerable to the weapons of mass seduction from a narcissist in the first place. People in cluster B, narcissists and others of their kind, are predators who use you to get what they want. It is almost a certainty that you will carry unresolved issues that may be lifelong complex CPTSD, and these may be buried underneath layers of complex trauma. These things you carry are like a magnet for opportunists, narcissists, psychopaths, antisocials, borderlines, and a host of other unsavory combinations and comorbidities. The limerence that hits you like a freight train should be a red flag that screams danger. Normal healthy relationships do not begin with that level of intensity right out of the gate. Alternatively, They begin slowly as trust, respect, mutual vision, and the framework of a working union. And they are built brick by brick, day by day, slowly over a period of time. It may not be the explosive, earth-shattering, soul-shaking experience that Cluster B people give you, but make no mistake, you're going to pay for that a thousand times over, and in the end, you're going to have nothing left but pain. So that's what limerence is. I hope that that resonates with you and that you understand what that is and what you could be feeling and why you're feeling it. Let's move on to talk about loneliness. The loneliness hits the hardest when you realize how much you have actually lost because you chose to stay with this narcissist and how empty your life became while you were away while you were living in Never Neverland in the fantasy bubble. It's like being in a coma. When you awaken, everything has changed and life has moved on without you. People, they they keep they kept on living their lives without you. And now it's too late to recapture all the lost months and years that you gave to the to this narcissist and to this this ill fated relationship. They grieved your absence and at some point had to leave you behind. So, ah, the first thing you need to do is learn to be alone. That's hard to say and it's even harder to do. Mourn the life that you could have had, the relationship that you thought you had, all of the relationships that dissolved while you were gone and the opportunities that ended with a finality that chills the soul. You are alone now and that is the price for choosing the narcissist over everyone else, over and over, painfully breaking the hearts and the trusts of those who loved you, those who warned you, those that tried to stop you from losing it all. It's important to fully own that, to accept the part you played in it all and to acknowledge that you have work to do if you want to avoid a repetition compulsion event that's what it's called repetition compulsion you know of looping reoccurring um, narcissistic relationships one after another endlessly forever and ever you know you're going to have to do something to change that and to stop it i read something that um this uh, scintillating scallywag. That's, you know, I like to name people with nicknames. He's a scintillating scallywag on Cora, And he said something about how, you know, when you're in these dysfunctional relationships with these people, if you have children, regardless of how old they are, whether they're elementary age or high school or even grown children, are going to look at this depraved, um, macabre, ghoulish dance that you do with this with this narcissistic person who is disordered they're going to watch that and and they're going to watch in horror and if you can freeze frame the look on their faces the look in their eyes when they see someone they love a parent falling for for something that is so false and dangerous and disgusting and All of that, you know, they see it and you don't at the time. You can't see it at the time because it swallowed you up. But, you know, that image kind of sticks in my mind because it doesn't change what happened. They witnessed it in horror, what you and your narcissist did together. That horrible, fateful dance of destruction. They witnessed all of that. They knew that this person was not okay, was not safe, and was... um, just you know tearing everybody just to confetti and and they they try to warn you but you can't listen You, you can't hear it it's it's not even something you're capable of i think um so make no mistake um arrogance and your own narcissistic traits are not not the same as as loving yourself because I don't think that's something a lot of people who spend spend long relationships with narcissists have been able to do in their lives is truly have a relationship with themselves so that they are feeling like they're happy and whole and healthy and enough without that narcissist. If you think about pre-relationship, the time before you met that narcissist, I'm going to guess that there was always a need for some kind of external validation. There was always sort of a emptiness or hunger or something inside you that, that needed to be validated. Like you needed to be parented. You needed to be loved. You needed things that you never received. And, um, these, these predators will, will step in and, and do that for you. But the price and what they extract from you and the damage they do to all of your relationships with your family, your children and your friends, it, it, in the end, when you look back on it, um, you know, it's just you don't believe that you, you did the things you did and that you stood by this person the way that you did. You don't understand why you didn't leave. And that's a complicated subject that there's other videos and other podcasts that, that I have talked about this. Um, but you know, you, you have, you know, you were arrogant to think that you could have it all. The narcissist and your children and your family and your friends. You couldn't, you had to choose at some point. That illusion was never even a possibility that you could have it all. You just didn't know it at the time. You thought that you could fix them and make everything okay and that the power of your love and healing empath energy was going to be enough. And that was never enough to fill the empty, broken brain and heart and soul of a narcissist who is beyond repair. And in the meantime, while you're doing that, everything else is falling away and you're losing it all. You just can't accept that love sometimes does not conquer all. And the ones that you need to love are the ones that genuinely love you back you know, which would be your family and your, your friends and your, your children, especially the children. And not this person that you are having some delusional, psychotic uh, exchange with in this, in this fantasy um, bubble that you have found yourself in. It's like a rabbit hole. You fall down into it and you can't get out. You know, there are so many parts of life that are better when they're shared. And there are yet other parts that make partnering almost a necessity for survival and safety and quality of life. But, you know, the vast majority of life does not need another human. You by yourself are enough. You do not require another human to complete you. Um, sure, it's a great thing when you meet the right person and you share these common goals and you work together to build something wonderful and lasting and a future and all of this. But if that does not happen, it is not a cause to grieve or feel sorry for yourself. You are quite capable of creating a rich and rewarding solitary life. I know that this idea is cringeworthy for many of us who, like myself, have been built for two that's just hardwired in there that you know one person by myself alone how tragic how abysmal that is this is horrible I don't want to do that Um, you know I watched as my grandparents you know they married at 15 and 19 and stayed married until he passed she was only 58 and she lived to be 99 she lived alone without him for the next 41 years that's love That's unconditional, real, forever, authentic love. And then I watched as my parents stayed together their whole lives through thick and thin. And many. let me tell you, there was a lot of terrible, thin sickness and episodic bits of of bad health and craziness. And, you know, but they never walked away and they never gave up. Now, I'm not saying that when you have something that toxic, that that's a good thing. But that was what I was shown that you never walk away, you never give up on a person, ever, ever. And that is how I think it should be, really, you know, one man, one woman, committed and devoted to life together, knitted together, always and forever, no matter what, ride or die. So, yeah, the idea of life without a husband is terrifying, or for some of you, without a wife, Um, you know, but I'm learning to do it. To be self-sufficient and independent instead of needy and fusing and having that enmeshment with my partner and that fusion that is never the healthy way to go into one organism. I'm a separate human being. I don't need to merge with anyone regardless of how lonely it may feel from time to time. They say that loneliness kills. So maybe we need to try to figure out how to be less lonely and more comfortable with ourselves and with other kinds of relationships that aren't, you know, this significant other romantic kind, you know, more at peace and fulfilled with our own pursuits and passions and time alone and interests. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I know this. Many of us are addicts for life and need to step back when a charismatic narcissist pops into our lives and makes our hearts race and our heads spin. I know that they are a drug and that they will be not only dangerous but also deadly. I know I want real authentic love at least once before I die and that partnering with someone who genuinely is headed in my direction and enjoys my company along the way would be awesome. I know that I should not be afraid of being alone. It is better than being humiliated and betrayed than smeared and hated for no reason. That narcissistic progression is a cluster, you know what, of madness that will cause you to lose yourself and and everyone else that matters. So just look away, avert your eyes, put one foot in front of the other and just walk away. A trip to Fantasy Island may seem to be everything that you ever wanted, but in the end it is death, it is destruction and it will bring despair. You have to walk away from the limerence and fill your loneliness with the people and the things that truly matter. At the end of your life, that way, you will have fewer regrets and much less suffering. Okay, folks, that's it. Thanks for listening. Quick 20-minute podcast today. Um, Be sure and check out Narc Troopers, and I'll be back with a new episode soon. Much love. Bye. Thank you.